What's going on, everyone, and welcome back to what I would like to call a real episode of the NerdWide Podcast. This is episode 98. I'm your host, Tyler Haynes, with my good friend and co-host, Chris Rivers. Now, Chris, up, Tyler? listen, I'm just excited to get back to a normal week for us here. Um, right. It's, you know, work's been normal, nothing crazy, but it's mm-hmm. been a normal week. We got a lot of things to talk about. I've watched a bunch of TV, played a bunch of different video games we're going to talk about. Not a whole lot of heavy-hitting news that's happened in the past three weeks that, you know, responds like a big something we need to talk about, but we do have some things on here. But, man, it's good to get back to normal. That's just about all I feel right now. How was your week? Same. Back to normal. Um, just nice to be back into a, a normal rhythm. Right. And Yeah, hopefully it stays that way for a while. I, I put in my request off uh, this week so that we can go check out Ant-Man and Wasp Quantumania. Which has still not done their tickets yet. I mean, we're That's... maybe a month, well, yeah, less than a month out now, and they still haven't put their tickets for sale. So I'm like, what's up with that? So, yeah, because usually by now I had them secured, ready to go, and... All we have to do is just go, but probably tomorrow. Yeah, that that would make sense though. I'd say the uh, when's the AFC divisional games? All the for that's next week, right? Uh huh. Because this is Super Wild Card Weekend, so divisional games should be next week. I could see it like them dropping another trailer then, and say, "Hey, here's your ticket. Here's your ticket trailer." So. All right. Hopefully, it doesn't take too long because I'm ready to watch it. Because I we don't need a we don't need a trailer to be hyped for. No, we don't need any more. The, the most recent one that came out was really good. Yeah. Oh, that's exact. That's what I'm going to put on here. Let's watch that today. Okay. Speaking of one of the new stories that you're going to talk about, because <laughs> uh, it's here before the sitting here before the show going. There's stuff that I meant to bring up and. All right. Well, listen, let's jump right into it. We've only got one show to talk about. Um, the movie we're reviewing and talking about, I'm really excited to to review, recap, whatever you want to call it. I'm really excited to talk about Black Adam. But before we get there, don't forget to subscribe to either our YouTube or podcasting service, whichever one you use. If you watch us on YouTube, subscribe there. If you listen to us on a podcasting service, subscribe there. If you enjoy the show, make sure you leave us a thumbs up on YouTube or give us a good rating on whatever podcasting app you use. If you don't enjoy what you see or hear, make sure you leave us a comment down below of what we can do better, what you suggestions, things like that, because, you know, we don't know if we're doing things wrong if you don't tell us. Uh, if you want to do more, you can always go to patreon.com slash nerdwide. Three different tiers for three different monetary values there, each increasing in price for our monthly subscription fee of the max dollars of three. If you want to do that, of course, if you do the $3 value or whichever one, you can suggest movies, TVs, books, comics, shows, anything you want us to do, play, watch, and we can talk about it just for your entertainment. Uh, but Chris, have you been watching anything these past three weeks on TV, out of the ordinary. No, nothing out of the ordinary. It's been kind of, kind of weird. Uh, <laughs> I've been, I've been checking out other stuff. There's, uh, you know, some different YouTube content that I've been meaning to get to. Some mm. longer form videos, so stuff like that. But no shows. Doesn't help that everything's on break right now, or was on break either. So, right. Uh, I've gone down several different rabbit holes. Uh, Teen Wolf, I jumped back down. I'm in season Uh-oh. 
almost at the end of season three now of season of six seasons uh, because mm. the movie and new series comes out in two weeks. So I was just trying to watch it catch up. I watched that show starting in high school and it ended uh, about three or four years outside of high school. So it's kind of weird watching it and going back and seeing all of that. Uh, Jack Ryan season three, I started about halfway through it. It's one of those that I can't watch at work. I have to be zoned in dialed in because so much happens. And especially in the background, if you don't pay attention to you, you're going to miss it. Uh, circle season five, Jamie and I are almost done with it. The, the finale is this Wednesday coming up. And then I watched a show called the good place. Thought I would enjoy it. I got see like I'm in season three. And I'm like, you know what? I'm really not liking this. It's just, it's not hitting anything for me. Like, I've chuckled a couple times, but I don't know if it's the concept. I mean, the actors and actresses on the, are phenomenal and great. Uh, right. But it's just, I think it's the story. I'm like, I'm just not invested in this. And I thought I would be because, you know, it's the same guy did Brooklyn Nine-Nine, The Office, you know, those kind of shows. And I really enjoy those. But this one just right. didn't hook me. I love, I love how you're in season three and you're like, yeah, I'm not. <laughs> That's just not doing it for me. <laughs> well, it's, it was one of the ones I just had playing and yeah. like kind of loosely I, was watching and stuff, but just didn't. I watched, <laughs> I watched the first season of that when it came out and I was like, yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. But yeah. I just never went back to it. Well, there is a sitcom that I plan to start watching that we've talked about before. I think even on the show that I've never seen all the way through. And now that I have HBO Max, I can. But it's going to have to wait until after Teen Wolf is done. It's called a little show called Big Bang Theory. Um, you know, I've seen, I've talked about it before, so I'm not going to stay too long on it. But I've seen you know, here and there episodes, but never watched it all the way through. And I feel like it's right up my alley. And the episodes I do watch, I do enjoy. So I just need to sit down and just listen to it and watch it. So eventually, I'll get there. But... I've watched a little bit of Voltron as well. Just hitting the nostalgia for some reason. Oh, because uh, my buddy Bill Clark, I don't know if you, I think you might have met him. You might have met him at our wedding. Um, he's getting married soon, and he asked me to be one of his groomsmen. Well, he hired Josh Keaton off of Cameo to ask me to be in the wedding. And Josh Keaton, he's played Spider-Man. He's plays the Black Paladin and uh, Voltron and things like that. So that was really cool, and that's what got me to start on watching it again. Because, you know, I've only seen that 16 times. So. Now, when you say Voltron, you're talking about... The the most proper one, yes. Yeah, the the best the, one. The, the most recent one. Yeah, the, the best one. I mean, I've even got the uh, I'm, pop ring. I'm, I'm talking about 1980s Voltron. If I could find a way to watch it, I want to. Just because I want to see where the you know the source kind of stuff came from, because I've got the to, the new comics and stuff like that from this generation. So yeah, as a kid, I had the the one that it was tall, all the lions yeah. interlocked. Well, I've got the, it's actually mine is upstairs in the bonus room from this one. I was actually oh, yeah. playing with it, messing with it earlier, just because it's it's actually <laughs> no. mine right now. You were right the first time. You were <laughs> Me and Jamie were talking. We were in the bonus room. We we're talking about redoing the bonus room. And it's sitting on top of one of the chairs for some reason. I think still I'm messing with it. 
And so I was messing with it while we were talking. I wasn't playing oh, with it. It wasn't bad sure. time yet. Sure. Uh, <laughs> let's get right into our shows. Of course, we are going into National Treasure Edge of History, Episode 6, titled Frenemies. Uh, full-on spoilers for those who are just tuning in to our regularly uh, scheduled programming. We're going to TheLaughingPlace.com by Bill Gausel again. Escaping the police, Jess and wonders why Billy saved her from being arrested. Billy tells her, tells her that she, if she had known that Jess was the daughter of Rafael and Manuela Rios, then, she think, then things would have started off differently. Billy then shows Jess a medallion just like hers, and, and Billy says that she's also a member of the Daughters of the Plume Serpent. Like, I love these shows, but like some of these are, like, are very obvious. And... I like Jess. Of course, Jess plays like a great detective character, and she catches on fairly quickly, which I really enjoy about this. Uh, Billy tells Jess that her parents uh, started the search for the treasure together. Billy offers to buy Jess's dinner and tells her everything she knows or just a free ride home. Or and Tasha and Ethan are searching for Jess and wonders why she won't answer her phone. A short text message to the group tells him she is fine and that when she returns, Jess will explain everything. At a fancy restaurant, Billy proves to Jess that she knows everything about her. Looking at the medallion, Billy vocalizes Jess's skepticism and then shows Jess a picture of her father with her brother Sebastian. Billy begins to tell the story that Salazar killed Jess's father and her brother. Billy warns Jess that Salazar is out there looking for the treasure and that together they can protect it from Salazar and validate the work of her mother. Billy proceeds to tell Jess that Liam has been working for her for, uh, for quite some time and offered to steal the journal, journal for her. Billy proposes that she and Jess join forces to protect the treasure from Salazar. Um, and Billy goes on to, or Bill goes on to say Zeta Jones is really good in this scene and believable, but you just know that Billy will go back on her word. I agree. Uh, Zeta Jones did, is a phenomenal actress. I mean, the majority of these characters in the show are great. The, the red-haired henchman, not so much. Just personally, just not not vibing with her. Right. <laughs> On board her yacht, uh, Billy shows Jess her operations, and Jess meets Casey, who impersonated FBI Casey's the who it is, uh, who's played by Brita Wool, who impersonated an FBI agent to follow Jess earlier. Jess has shown the journal and reveals to the group that Sacagawea made the journal entries. A broken world puzzle left by Sacagawea offers a clue to the next site, which turns out to be the well at the Alamo. Billy shows Jess the Aztec and Maya pieces of the maps, and Billy believes that the two boxes will help bring them to the Incan piece. Using the magnetized lodestone in the boxes will help lead them to the next piece at the Alamo. Tasha is waiting all night for Jess to return, and when she does, Jess starts to know how Liam stole the journal. Tasha tells her to forget him, and rather than planning with her friends, Jess tells Tasha that she wants to do this all on her own. Tasha doesn't take this well and storms out of the apartment. Jess is looking through her mementos of her mom and thinking about what to do next. Tasha has made her way to, over to Oren's place and is talking about her fight with Jess. Also, did not see this relationship um, coming, or Oren and Tasha. Now, maybe I was just blind to it, but I didn't see that that connection. So I'm glad it's happened. But they had it before, right? And they they split. Mm. Oh, that's and right. So this was the uh, reconnecting. Yeah, a little rekindling here, a little love story. <laughs> Oren tries to make sense of their fallout and offer advice on what to do via watching Captain America the Winter Soldier. Now, I'm going to say I thought I pressed a button somewhere on my TV accidentally because yeah. <laughs> yeah. it had the, the Winter Soldiers perfectly on screen. I was like, uh, did I actually hit something on the remote or, or what? But no, it zooms out. I was like, very, that was very cheeky, very well done. Way to, yeah. way to use your properties. 
Uh, the next morning, Orin is excited by a rekindle of his relationship with Tasha when Ethan walks in and wonders what's going on. Ethan goes to Jess's door with coffee and they talk about the previous day's events. Jess is concerned about how dangerous things are getting and tells Ethan that she could have gotten everyone in trouble, including herself. Liam is missing and Ethan tells Jess to go look for him. At Liam's home, Jess enters the clue room and sees the secret room is in disarray. Someone has ransacked the room and Jess is surprised by an assailant, the same one who followed them to Graceland and was staking out the funeral of Peter Sadusky. Casey enters the room and the madman jumps out the window. There is something more going on with this guy. Like, I don't think he's a part of Billy's entourage. and I don't think he's a, I, I honestly don't think he's a part of Salazar's entourage either. But I think that's more believable than anything. Like that's this the guy that Salazar's keeping an eye on and everything. So you wonder if he's working for Ben, right? If somehow there's he's trying to keep her from. Maybe he's worried about her safety, and so he's trying to keep her from going. Yeah, it's kind of keep getting it too close to the treasure. Oh, because that that could be true too. Because they were working on something. Because you know, uh, Riley said a couple episodes ago that we've been working on something for several years. What if it's the same thing of Riley and um, Ben looking on this treasure, but they're kind of, hey, let's take a step back and wait for someone else to solve this one kind of scenario. But I, there's something more. If Jess's dad really wasn't dead, I would say that was him. But we already know his mom and her mom and dad are really dead. So maybe an uncle? I, I mean, just throwing out possibilities here because there's something yeah. more than what, what's being led on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Casey is surprised by Peter's clue room and while she scans the room Jess wonders why she's there Jess holds on to doubts about Billy Casey assures her that she understands her doubts but Billy isn't the bad person in this story she proceeds to tell a compelling story of Billy taking her in from the street and paying for her education and saving her life Agent Ross lays out her suspicions to her coroner friend. Ross believes Peter Sadusky was killed over clues to an ancient treasure and then shows her pictures from the USS Kid where the kidnapping exchange took place Ross is encouraged to contact her DC contacts for help, but Ross is not willing to because she has a tainted past. Find out that she arrested a murderer uh, who she thought was a murderer, but wasn't, and they killed again, and she's got a guilty conscience about that. Made the FBI, FBI look bad, which I completely believable story here. So, I, I do like Ross. At the Alamo, Billy, Casey, and Jess are at the well and trying to avoid the Rangers and tourist cameras. A reenactment of the battle will allow for the three to get into the well without being seen. Jess returns home and leaves a note for Tasha that prompts her to search for her friend. Ethan breaks up with his girlfriend, only to discover that Liam has been in the hospital the whole time. On board Billy's plane, Jess is starting to connect with Billy and learning more about her mom. Casey outlines the plan for what they're going to do during the Alamo search. Dressed in costumes, the three blend in with other participants, which allows Billy, Jess, and Casey to uh, access the well without being bothered. Liam wakes up Ethan wakes up to Ethan at the hospital, and he confesses to stealing the journal to keep Billy, who saw her at the giver's ball. He describes being attacked at the ball by Casey and being dumped into the river, presumed dead, which was really extreme. Like when uh, we saw the the suit and the in the bag, I was like, oh, so he's in the hospital this whole time, and then we show him, and he is rough looking. I was like, oh, okay, so Billy and her team really messed him up. Is what happened here. And- and when we talked about that episode, we theorized that, yeah, he must have seen Billy or someone mm-hmm. that works for Billy, and that's why he took off. So, yeah, I think that was your theory on that one. So, I mean, you nailed it. Um, he, you, you could just tell that he and Jess are getting they're getting close. He, he wasn't going to stab her in the back no. or something like that. Because we already had the, the misdirect with the shoe uh, bug yeah. and everything. He, uh, that character has really 
only recently gotten into the clue hunting anyway. He mm. didn't want anything to do with it. So, yeah, he's really he. I think he's the one that's grown the most over this whole season so far. Yeah, uh, from still, his still, just a guitar player, but still not a fan of Ethan though. No, although he's he's doing the right thing. So. Yeah, he's he's that best friend that I loved her for so long, but you know she doesn't love me anymore. Kind of bloody bloody blah. Will they? Won't they? Kind of thing. Yeah. Um, Jess climbs up from the well with no results. She is unable to find the next clue box, and Billy isn't willing to take no for an answer. She takes the satchel with the other clues down into the well. Jess traps Billy in the well and escapes from the Alamo. Attacked by Billy's many minions, Tasha races into the crowd to help Jess, and they escape together with the Orin driving them to safety. Jess shows Orin and Tasha the treasure map from Billy and that the next clue isn't at the Alamo, but in a town ca- called Alamo in Mexico. Back at the Alamo... There's a lot of a lot of names here. Billy is being arrested while Casey makes a mysterious phone call to Peter Sadusky's nurse, who delivers a USB drive to Agent Ross. I always knew there was something up with him. Like he was just conveniently placed too much. Yeah. And sure enough, he's a part of Billy's crew. Uh, the nurse makes the accusation uh, that Jess murdered Peter Sadusky and hands a USB drive. Tasha explains that the well in the town of Alamo is real, but a bank was built on top of the well. 20 years ago, a bank robber blew a hole in the bank and found the well. The worst news is that the robber was Diego Salazar. Jess plans to speak to Salazar and explains to Tasha and Orin that Salazar killed her father and now she wants to confront him. Jess believes that Salazar is the key and that speaking to him would require her to go to Mexico. Orin points out that because of her DACA status that if she went to Mexico, she would never be able to come back. Jess informs her friends that the, her bags are already packed. I'm trying to remember the first episode, and I might need to go back and watch just the first five, ten minutes of it. But I'm pretty sure her dad's the one that broke into that well under Salazar's rule, and that's why Salazar come to kill him because of that box. If I'm remembering correctly. Now we know that she's probably going to go down there. Yeah. But we also know that Ben has a private jet, so he can fly her back into the country. Good call. You know, that's a. I wonder if the the writers put that in there because that's a very good call. She could just say, "Hey, you know, I need to get down there and not be known that I'm down there." But right, we will see. I I just I love. I know I've said it before, but I, what I love about the national treasure things is relating things to real life history and putting things there. So like when they said the well at the Alamo, I said, "Oh, that's really cool." <laughs> yeah, but no, it's a a real life town in Mexico called Alamo, so. A lot of funny, uh, remember the Alamo jokes and, mm-hmm. in this, this show. So I'm ready. The, I mean, they're doing a really good. We got what, three episodes left? So a uh, 10. So we got four episodes. We still have four to go? Mm-hmm. Cool. I, I'm trying to remember. I want to say uh, we're supposed to see Riley. I think that character's supposed to be in five episodes. I'm mm. remembering right, so he what wasn't in this one, right? Let's see how um, many because they say they say how many episodes he's going to be in. Yeah, will Riley be in? I still think we get Nick Cage back. There's, the... I I don't think there's a a chance that we don't have him. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, try to see. Oh. I don't. I don't want to look at IMDb because they have been wrong in the past of saying, especially with the guard She Hulk. I think is what they did with Daredevil. But I'm trying to see. 
That could have been a misdirect. Yeah, it's five episodes still. That's what it says. Okay. So he's been in what, two? Yeah. So we still have three more left with him. Which so I, I imagine will be the last three or do one this next one with the jet and then skip an episode that have in the last two. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> it's exciting. I forgot all about that. Uh, yeah. Next week's episode, I'm excited. I just it's just a fun show to watch. It is. It's it, it's really fun. Uh, let's get into our news here. Let's let's talk about some fun things. Which our number one news story here took way too damn long to mm-hmm. even announce or even say anything about. Yeah. Wednesday will be coming back for a season two. I am going to Netflix.com uh, while they're to doom stuff. This is by Ariana Romero. Wednesday Adams has been put through the ringer. She's been stalked by a bloodthirsty monster. Her raven gown is ruined by red paint, and she's had to brave the scariest threat of them all, other teenagers. Where things are looking up for Nevermore Academy's most popular goth, Wednesday has officially been renewed for season two. Quote, we can't wait to dive headfirst into another season and explore the kooky, spooky world of Nevermore. Wednesday season one co-showrunners Miles Miller and Alfred Goat exclusively tell to doom. We're just, we just need to make sure Wednesday has it emptied the pool first. The renewal comes with a video announcement promising more torture ahead for Wednesday into season two. Naturally, the amateur detective and mystery writer wouldn't have it any other way. Wednesday sticks to her guns and she's not out to please anybody or tell Ortega tells to doom, which as someone who used to be an immense people pleaser, I really respect. Finally, uh, it goes on to show uh, series broke the Netflix record for most hours viewed in a single week twice. In the first week, it raked in 341.23 million hours viewed. In its second, 411.29 million hours viewed. So, I which, think it's interesting that we're going to stay at Nevermore. I yeah. thought they might. I thought they might move it, but oh, there's still more mysteries. There's too many monsters, you know. And yeah, I bring all your your characters back too. Um, they also go on to say that on the Wednesday herself, low social media. Hashtag Wednesday Adams is a star on TikTok and has amassed over 22 billion views. Uh, with millions of TikTokers looking to replicate that just bit makeup look, and then the uh, and even Lady Gaga could not deny that uh, Bloody Mary dance. So, which is now the number one on the iTunes soundtrack chart, <laughs> that dance song, which is really yeah. catchy and even Stella knows and dances to. So I mean, the cramps goo goo muck. Yeah. I mean, there's. I mean, we're gonna get who we, who do we had not have seen yet for season two, out of the family. Who's the hairy guy? Uh, cousin it. Cousin, cousin it. it. Yeah, we'll see him, right? I would think so. I would think it appears. No, I don't. Um, I don't think there's a reason why we wouldn't have that yet, because we've got everybody else in the family, especially Thing, Mom and Dad. Um. Um. Granny. Granny. Hadn't even been mentioned, I don't think. So, it'll be interesting. Sounds like I need to go back and rewatch some of the original stuff. Original content. Yeah. <laughs> Number two I have here, the final season of The Flash begins February 8th on the CW. Uh, they have mentioned, so Danielle Panabaker is directing episode, it's either eight or it's episode nine. And it's a crossover episode. So we've got uh, Stephen Amell coming back, which is the big one. And there were some other ones coming back into the show. David Ramsey. David Ramsey, which I would expect him to... Because they're still moving forward with his show, by the way. 
that hasn't been can canceled or anything. The the college university of superheroes, mm-hmm. which I'm like, if you're going to cancel anything, now would be the time to do it, or it's past time right. rather. But we will see. I don't know if it's. I don't, I don't think it's on hold either. I think it's going forward, but. There should be some good fun. I think that's actually, I need to set up the YouTube TV to record it because I, I think I am going to watch this one every week as it comes out just because it's the final season. I want to be a part of that because it's only like 12 episodes. So we will see. I'm excited for it. Unfortunately, it's ending, but it's weird though because that's our last Arrowverse show. Yeah. And the end of a CW era is over after that. So. Which is weird because that's one of the things that brought on the what were we, the hero verse the heroes verse what was our original podcast hero cravings hero cravings I mean that's what brought it on was the CW shows Man, yeah. that's, that's crazy to think about um it's something else crazy to think about HBO Max is increasing its monthly price to fifteen ninety nine a month for no ads no dude we are I meant to send you a picture of this week. Uh, that I've got on my phone. I'll pull it up here. It's about cord cutting, and like, look at all that. So cable is like yeah. eighty dollars, and then Netflix and HBO Max and everything else on there, and you're sitting at ten dollars more than you would for that. And I'm like, this is it's getting a little much, man. It's and they keep yeah. increasing their prices. And it's going to be one of those things where I start canceling things until one of the shows, new season of the shows come on and then re-upping it and then canceling it after I get done. And just because it's, I mean, sure, $16 a month isn't that bad, but that's not my only streamer. So (laughs) that's where the problem is. If it was like it was years ago where it was Netflix and and then not long after that, we also added like, what, Hulu and Amazon Prime. If it was those three... Okay, fifteen bucks a month. Yeah, that's you not know, bad. Not, not bad, but everybody's doing it. You've mm-hmm. got Paramount Plus, you've got Peacock, you've got you know Disney Plus. Then oh, on top of that, you got you got their bundle with uh, what National Geo? No, Hulu and uh, and ESPN, ESPN Plus. So if you cut cable and you need to watch <coughs> sporting events you kind of need ESPN plus. Mm-hmm. And then if, if you're a sports fan as well as wanting to watch this other content, you might need MLB net MLB TV, NFL Sunday ticket. There's it's, it, it just never ends. No <laughs> NBA never. Uh, plus or NBA TV. I mean, yeah. it just never ends. It's, and I wish we would stop doing this and I don't understand why we're doing this. Um, HBO max. I feel like for, for me is one of the weaker uh, ones to watch. I come off saying that after Game of Thrones, uh, being my number one for 2022, but that's only for a couple of weeks and then I'm done. But we've also got yeah. Last of Us coming up, so we'll see. And I'm very excited about that one, by the way, because that comes out in an hour and a half from now, yeah. and I am watching it live, and I I am super stoked. If so, if we're done, you're watching. If it we're live. done, if we're done, well, you know, <laughs> we'll, we'll be done. Yeah. One of our short shows. If not, Tyler will be like, hey, we'll, we're going to record after. Yeah. We're just going to pause and come back after it, and then we'll talk then. Uh, releases this week, Thursday, January 19th. That 90s show premieres on Netflix. Are you interested in that at all? 
Not really. I mean, I, I watched the trailer. I've watched some, not a lot of that 70s show. Uh-huh. But this one, I'm like, no, like, why? Like, none of your main characters are in it besides the parents. And, like, the parents were the least parts of the episodes. So, I mean, I don't. I think the uh, a lot of the original characters are coming back for cameos and, yeah. and guest spots. Well, that one guy's, not... I don't think, the the curly-headed guy. I forget his name. Uh, yeah, he's. he's the, uh... He got canceled. So. Yeah. A lot, a lot of bad things he did. Yeah. <laughs> um, Allegedly. Allegedly. Because yeah, I don't think they've gone to court yet. Uh, Friday, January 20th, the new season of The Legend of Vox Machina on Prime Video. I think that's just season two, if I'm not mistaken. So, bada bing, bada boom. There you go. Um, movie time. Uh, did you watch anything else this week as far as movies? No, I, that's what I was talking about before the show. I haven't watched any movies. Like it's it's all been TV, mainly for me. Yeah, uh, there there were a lot of nights where I started to watch something and then I would just, I think, well, I'll, I'll start something in another hour or so, and then another hour would pass, and I'd be like, yeah, it's maybe in thirty more minutes. And <laughs> I just never. I never really did. So, um, oh, I remember what I before the show we were looking. I, I thought it was a celebrity death that we uh, that we failed to mention on our last show. It was not, but what we did fail to mention on our last show was get well, Jeremy Renner. Oh, that's right. Uh, he kind of got run over by a snowplow, dude. That his injuries look gnarly. Like yeah. when because we were talking when it happened. You know, we you and I were texting back and forth because we. Uh, read like originally they were coming out saying it's ran over his leg and he was being life flighted to a hospital. And then I think it came out and said that he got like hit full on by it, not just run over. And I was like, Oh, that's not good. But then he came out and tweeted out a, um, or an Instagrammed out a picture of him in the hospital. He said, I'm well, thank you for all your, uh, blessings. He goes, you got surgery. He said long road recovery and things like that. But he's been posting videos and pictures and, but he posted a picture of him with all of his, uh, all the ICU staff, and he looked rough. Like, yeah. just I'm like, oh man, that it, it's gonna be a long recovery. I don't, you know, of course, going into his work and his career, I don't think we get a Hawkeye season two for a, a while or anything from him for a while, just because physical therapy is gonna be a bitch. Just I could, I could see them having him, you know. Um, on a phone or something like we hear his voice yeah but th- yeah because he he's not gonna be acting for a hot minute i don't think so but, um, glad, glad he's alive glad he is doing well though because yeah um that was some scary news that yeah it was i think it was new year's day wasn't it yeah it was somewhere right around there yeah the new year's day or the day after because oh man that was whew. all right so our uh our film of the week, we, I'm, I'm going to say this, we both off the top, we were very nervous about this. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Skeptical. Because <laughs> ev- everything we had heard, Black Adam was getting just roasted. Mm-hmm. Um, let, let, let me get through the plot summary and then, and then we'll, um, 
Reawakening after 5,000 years, Black Adam becomes the world's ruthless protector and anti-villain to take on the likes of Superman and Wonder Woman. Now in the 21st century, Black Adam must face off against the Justice Society of America and its heroes, Dr. Fate, Hawkman, Adam Smasher, and Cyclone. The fate of the world hangs in the balance. Now this was... It's kind of not exactly, but it is. Like, he, he's an anti-hero. Yes. Um, they described him there as an anti-villain. That's not really... <laughs> anti-villain's just a hero. <laughs> he's, he's, he's an anti-hero. So, um, the film was better than I expected, based on what I'd heard. Um. I gave it a two and a half on Letterboxd. Oh, okay. So I, I ended up kind of, you know, right right in the middle of the road. Uh, I, I'm looking at IMDb right now. 207,000 people on IMDb have given this a cumulative 6.4 out of 10. That's not uh, bad. The cast, I, I thought the cast was really good. I mean, Dwayne Johnson has a good performance here. Uh, Aldous Hodge is Hawkman. Pierce Brosnan is in this. Stole the movie. Phenomenal. Um, Sarah Shahi is Adriana. I can't remember the character's last name. Uh, Tomas. Tomas. We've got. I'm trying to remember if there was another. Let me look through here. If there was another big, big name. Jennifer Holland appears in this very briefly mm-hmm. uh, as Amelia Harcourt. Henry Winkler has a cameo as Uncle Al to um, Adam Smasher. <laughs> that, that was so funny. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, um, um, oh, I'm, uh, yeah, I'm Ama- trying to scroll to her. Amanda Waller. Yes. Uh-huh. And I'm trying to remember the actress's name. I am trying to. I am right there with you. I cannot remember her name right now. I can't either. Uh, I don't. Why should I even? Like IMDb doesn't have her listed. At all. Uh, Amanda Waller. Amanda Waller. No, I don't have her listed at all on here. Paula Davis. Yep. No, there she is. Way down here. Uncredited. What do you mean uncredited? (laughs) I guess they didn't list her in the credits. (laughs) Uh, but anyway, uh, the the film starts off with this uh, this view five thousand years before, and we see this basically the enslavement of these people. They're trying to uh, mine this mineral called Eternium. Um, I had He-Man flashbacks. That's where I knew uh, Aldous uh, Aldous Hodge from. Uh, one night in Miami. Yeah. I like the whole movie. I was like, I know him, but he's a great actor. I forget what I know him from. And he was also on, night, but. he was also on a really good show for a few years. They are called uh, Leverage. Mmm, a really good show. Uh, he also uh, played Green Lantern in one of the animated movies. Yeah. Huh. So these these enslaved peoples are trying to uh, mine this mineral called Eternium. And it's a cool name, by the way. I really like that. Yeah. Um, and the king of this, uh, and I'm, I'm looking for him, King Octon, mm-hmm. is uh, 
he just wants it so he can become powerful, right? He basically wants to become a god. And we see this this man find it. He finds some and turns it over to one of the guards. And the guard, apparently the king had said he would compensate whoever found some. And the guy just says, I, I just want what's coming to me. And so the guard stabs him in the gut and throws oh. him off. Um, what and, a misdirected whole first scene was, though. Yeah, oh. yeah. The, well we, we see we see this little boy, and he's he's ready to lead a revolution. Like he's like, we can fight, we can take them, take them on. And he goes up to what's his father, and we just see the father from the back, right? And uh, everything that we see leads us to believe, and and it is accurate that he becomes Black Adam, basically. Mm-hmm. The champion but we find out later that he turned that power over to his father mm-hmm. which is Dwayne Johnson which is and that, so what was really cool about that scene where he transfers the power over because like he's more of like a teenager uh his version of the champion mm-hmm. and so that actor I don't have it listed on here but he plays the young the rock on uh the show the rock um Young Rock that we watch every week. And so it was really cool to see the teenager actor play that actor, play his son in this show, in this movie. It was really cool. I don't I don't know what came first, but it was really well done that they did that. That is really cool. Um So basically they the Eternium that has been mined is used to make a crown. And uh there are other elements or, or other pieces of the Eternium that have actually found their way out. And one is used for a necklace that, uh, oh, uh, Adriana mm-hmm. wears around her neck. And the champion defeats the king. The kingdom is basically destroyed. But it doesn't truly free the people because they continue to be enslaved mainly by colonizers right yeah uh, the, the british have come in there and they're basically running the country they've set up all these checkpoints all these years later um uh, people can't go in and out mm-hmm. freely and uh and it's really because the british are now there trying to find Eternium. right and th- they already have it so I, I wasn't really sure i was like i guess they're just mining more yeah they were mining and, more and and looking for the crown, but they have these flying motorcycles, basically, right? Those things are badass. Yeah. But they run on Eternium. They can so, face um, through things. They can, like, it's it's really cool how they set those up. But they ended up with, it's basically Adriana and her son, uh, Amon, who is a sharp kid in this. Mm-hmm. And he's he's busy trying to get Black Adam to use a catchphrase and to be the hero because uh, yeah. his room's plastered with the Flash, Aquaman, Wonder Woman, Superman all over. And he's like, Batman, you know, we we yeah. finally have a hero here, and it was just I thought that was very well done. The, the thing that I thought was interesting though is when the Justice Society shows up, right? It's Hawkman, Cyclone, Adam Smasher, and Doctor Fate. 
and they're trying to stop Black Adam because he doesn't show mercy. Yeah, essentially right? he just kills, and they're like, I don't know, you you can't be doing this. Yeah, <laughs> so like, if you're if you're in his way, but he doesn't just do it indiscriminately. He he identifies a threat and he mm-hmm. neutralizes it. Yeah, in various awesome ways. <laughs> yeah. But they point out to the Justice Society, uh, Adriana does, that you're coming here telling us that you're trying to bring peace. But where were you for the past however many years? Mm-hmm. You know, where have when, you been? When we're still yeah. being oppressed. And now that we have a hero, you come in and want to stop him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, these these teams take it upon themselves to decide what justice is. And the people there didn't want any part of it. Oh yeah, they they did a good job of showing that as well because all the people were booing them, telling them to get out and stuff like that, and being you know being behind the champion and everything. It was it was very well done of how they portrayed that and not making it feel like it was unbelievable either. So yeah, but as the film goes on, we get they find the crown, which very it's very cool because it's in this it's in this chamber and it's just hovering. Mm-hmm. In, in midair, and it's just it's been there for thousands of years. Just, just in this rainbow mountain that no one's thought to mine yet. <laughs> right. So, uh, as it turns out, uh, Adriana and her son Amon are trying to keep the crown from uh, falling into Ishmael's hands. Ishmael's someone that they thought they could trust, but he's actually a descendant of the ancient king. Mm-hmm. And he wants the power for himself. He believes it's his rightful, his birthright, basically. Yeah. And uh, so you've got you've got the Justice Society for a chunk of the film trying to stop Black Adam, who's trying to protect uh, Adriana and Amon and the rest of the community from Ishmael and these British occupiers. Mm-hmm. And so you've got two or three conflicts going on throughout the thing until finally uh, Ishmael does get the crown and he says I can't remember what the word was that he said but it's basically the the demon's version death of, before I, life or something like that and then he says oh it was he says his name uh, starts with the S uh, Sabak Sabak yeah and uh, so at that point he becomes this like a it's just a demon, and it was very cool looking. Got the horns, to yeah. go straight back. The upside down star back. and everything. It was really yeah. cool. Yeah, and they say there's only one person that can defeat him, and it's Black Adam, who at that point had said Shazam and given up his power, mm-hmm. and was at um, a facility run by Waller. Yep. And he said, "Don't ever let me say that word again." Yeah. Because he couldn't really Doctor, control his rage. Doctor Fate sacrifices himself to be able to get word to him telepathically mm-hmm. uh, that they they need him that this is has hit this level so shows up they battle he battles uh sabak and finally they all team up on sabak to kind of hold him in place while black adam gets behind him and takes one horn in each hand and i was curious what they were going to do and he just Straight in half, dude. That was so cool. 
<laughs> so I did give it two and a half stars. I, I would say it's worth a watch. I don't know if you would. I, I like to have all the superhero stuff, so I'll probably buy it. Um, I don't know how often I'll go back. I'll watch it again, but I don't know how often. It's not. It's not a Spider-Man. It's. It's not right. an Iron Man. It's not something on that level for me. Um, it's not. It's not the Nolan Batman franchise. It's yeah. not the most recent Batman. It's. It's a superhero film. Um, so. But I gave it. Half. I gave it four stars. I really? really enjoyed this movie, and I don't know if it's because I went with such low expectations. I have a couple gripes, which is not which reason not a four and a half or five stars. It's the 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 overuse of slow motion, and it became like so noticeable that at the beginning I was like, oh, okay, cool, we're doing a bunch of slow motion stuff, and then by like the third act, I was like, okay, we are using a lot of slow motion. Everything that's being done is being in slow mo. Everyone's superpowers being done slow mo, and which was cool for the first half of the movie, but started getting on my nerves. Um, there were some CGI shots that you clearly tell was CGI. Uh, but other than that, I, I felt like every actor, actress brought their A game for this film. Uh, some of the jokes landed really hard for me. Some of the ones I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's a little cringy. One of the ones that Hawkman said in Dr. Fate, like it was a very, um, oh, I texted my cousin this. That's the reason I, I know I can repeat it or say it again. Because like we had this running gag of saying um, just very cliche, just gross uh, quotes. And it was, I never thought I'd be happy to see you here. And the other guy going, that makes two of us. I was like, okay, that's a little, little cringy for my takes, but, but yeah. overall, I enjoyed this. Like, I, and I really hate. We're not gonna get. We're probably not getting Black Adam again. Like, I know for any time soon, Peter Gunn, not Peter Gunn, Peter Safran and James Gunn said that um, they've kind of parted ways, and for the foreseeable future, Black Adam's not in it. Which, after watching this movie, I don't think it's the right call personally because I really did enjoy this. Like uh, the Justice Society, I mean, Hawkman and Doctor Fate, like both killed it. Like I really, every time they were on screen, I loved um, the fight scene. The, one of the many fight scenes in the apartment where Doctor Fate is sitting in a chair and Black Adam and Hawkman are fighting around or fighting in the apartment, and he's just kind of teleporting from each location and just saying little quips was so funny, and I loved it. Um, had a lot of heart. Like I really loved Amon, his, you know, him wanting a big hero for Kondok and wanting, um, and being your, your traditional teenager. Like if I came across a superhero as a teen, I'm like, Oh, you know, you have to have a catchphrase. You know, you're gonna need a better name. Teft Adams aren't really the best, you know, and stuff like that. He goes, I want to put you on a lunchbox. (laughs) And uh, like I'm going, I don't need to be on a, a lunch of box or something like that. It's just very; those things are very good, and I I love Dwayne Johnson, so that doesn't help anything with this film. But the cameo, Chris, had me wanting more so damn bad, and it wasn't the what I liked and that I didn't like at the very 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 end, where Black Adam has that the the classic comic book cover of him sitting on the throne. You know, all spared out with his knee up and everything. I was like, oh, this is an awesome way to end the movie. 
And then he flies up and crushes it down. And he goes, I don't need to be a king. I'm a protector. I was like, all right, that, that lost me. You should have just left it on the throne and that ended it. But then you had the, the, the post credit scene of Amanda Waller on a drone come in. She goes, you know, I can't let you be. If you step foot out of conduct, you know, then you're, then you're going to be, have issues to deal with. And he goes, I know people on this. Um, I know people who can take you down. Uh, and he goes, I don't know if there's anybody on this planet could take you down. She goes, I'm not talking about someone from this planet. And then he destroys the drone. And sure enough, of course, this got spoiled for, you know, for us was Henry Cavill coming back as Superman. And then you see him in the, in the, um, haze of it all. It's like, okay, so that's all they're going to do. But no, he steps through the haze and he, he, he says a quip or something like that. And Black Adam just looks at him like he was going to challenge him. And then it ends. I was like, oh, I really, really, really want that. And then with Shazam being in such a good movie as it is, this is Shazam's nemesis, his arch-villain, all this stuff. And we're not going to get a showdown. Like, we don't know if Shazam 3 is going to happen after this under Peter and James's, um, I don't know, tutelage or whatever you want to call. But I would really, really, really like to see them go to blows. But we're not going to see that, unfortunately. I, I, did, I did like Hawkman's uh, estate. Yes, cool. very cool, and especially I, wow. I'm a sucker for that X Men style. Uh, there's a plane underneath the the front of it, and everything's kind of scoots back and everything. I'm a sucker yeah. for that kind of stuff. <laughs> um, so I I agree with the slow motion. I think that they got carried away. It was cool, and especially that scene at the beginning where they first start shooting at Black Adam, mm-hmm. and he he catches the bullet, the first bullet. And he's sitting there and he's looking at it as the other bullets are going by him. Yes. And he's just like, huh, what is this? Because he's 5,000 years old. Yeah, he, he says, he goes, your magic's not going to work on me. And I yeah. was like, yeah, that's a cool but way to do that. Before long, they were doing slow motion with every, Lit- like Literally everything. Dr. Fate would do something and they, they would show it forming in slow motion. Mm-hmm. You know, Hawkman would start to swoop in and they would kind of slow it down yep. a little. It's like, are you... Did you have a runtime you had to meet? <laughs> right. Or adding seconds with every shot. I don't. So I wasn't. I wasn't a fan of that. I. I think part of what got me to mark it down. Uh. I felt like they didn't. They didn't leave like like you said. He's Shazam's arch nemesis. But they didn't give us anything to root against Black Adam for. Right. You know? Like there was I mean, there like, was no like sure he's killing people, but they're all but oppressors and people. yeah. It's not like he's just killing random good people, which they tried to do it when, when he gave up his powers with his out of control rage because he almost killed the kid and the mom. Mm-hmm. And but it was very like that was an, again a really good scene and that was a good use of slow mo. But everything leading up to it just started getting out of control. And even the music, I meant to mention this. So during that very first fight scene where he's fighting the whole army with the helicopters and tanks and everything, had we had epic battle music with him in the temple and him fighting all those guys. And then he comes out to, like, we switch to mid-fight when he goes to the army. And it's like a popular rock song or like from the early 2000s. I'm like, why did we switch? Because this song does not... I forget what song it was. I meant to make a note of it. But like, it was like a very epic, like Hans Zimmery music going on. Like a bunch of drums and you know, uh, horns and things. And then it just goes into that music. I was like, that's another big miss for me. But oh, I, 
but yeah, a missed opportunity for him to because he is a villain. Any comics you look at, he he is a villain. He is also an oppressor. He's a king, and but they made him be a good guy in this, which is fine. But well, we're we're not him. rooting against him. So what what should have been a character arc over three, four, five movies. Yeah. And they condensed it all down into one where pretty much he immediately connects with the kid, with, with the mom. Mm-hmm. And, and he connects with the mom. And it's like immediately he starts to be humanized. Right. Like, these are people I'm not going to hurt. <laughs> that stupid line he said, because I don't want you around because you're going to teach my son violence. He said, oh, then you will teach him violence. She said, oh, I, you know, no one's going to teach him violence. He goes, the dad's not going to teach him violence? And then like this when we learn to get killed. I love those stupid lines like that because you got a person who's not been alive for 5,000 years. Um, right. And we didn't even talk about the Council of um, Wizards from right. Shazam and stuff like that, which they had a lot of the same actors. Uh, J- uh, Jaimon Honsu, I don't butchering his name. He's the one that gives Shazam his powers, which they show at the end of the movie because he he killed all the wizards. Black Adam did, um, except for him. And I want to go back and watch Shazam because he talks about them selecting a wrong champion. And now he's the only one left. So that's why he doesn't give people the champion powers anymore when he's talking about Black Adam. So I thought that was very cool. Yeah, but again, and, and again, that conversation, right? It's not reflected in the way that they portray Black Adam Mm-mm. in this movie. He's, he's made a hero out of um, and that's fine in the end if they want to take the character that way. Right. But, but we should have seen the villainy. Like, like you right. said, he should, have, he should have sat on that throne and said, I know best. He should have done that at the, at the beginning. If we were going to do his arc this way and given us a reason to be like, Oh no, no. So the justice society is right here, but they didn't give us that. And even they didn't even give us that at the end either, which I really wish they would have. Cause that would have been, it should have been. really cool. It should have been him taking power because who's going to stop him. Right. And he knows best, and the people are fine with it until they start to realize, oh, this is more oppression. Mm-hmm. He's, he's not really our champion. And then they want to have him learn his lesson by the end of it. Cool. But we never got the arc. Right. Not really. So. Oh, I anyway. thought you'd be higher on that movie. No, no. That the the story is the main thing that that got me. I think the performances were fantastic. Mm-hmm. If the story, had, if the story had been up to the performances, then yeah, I'd have probably been right there with you. But uh, could not do it. So next week, we're going to review the Pale Blue Eye. This is Netflix, correct? Yes. Netflix and, original. Uh, Christian Bale is uh, is probably the big name in this. Mm-hmm. It involves him as a detective um, trying to solve a murder case and enlisting the help of a West Point cadet named Edgar Allan Poe. I'm really excited. Yeah, It's going to be gonna a good be, one. It's going to be really good. All right, notable news. This first one is going to come from um, Variety. Well, first, Black Panther Wakanda Forever is hitting Disney+. Plus on February the 1st. Mm. Mm. I might I might watch it again. I, I think, I know I'm going to, just because I don't, 
I don't know. Just to, because I feel like I came out so low on it. I'd, I just want to give it another shot just to see. Yeah. From Variety.com, this is the byline goes to Adam B. Very and J. Kim Murphy. Angela Bassett wins Golden Globe for Black Panther Wakanda Forever as first actor to earn a major award for a Marvel movie. Um, she won it for her performance as Queen Ramonda in Black Panther Wakanda Forever, making the 64-year-old the first actor ever to win a major individual acting award for a movie based on Marvel Comics. First off, she does not look 64. Not at uh, all. It says that the evening marked Bassett's second win and second nomination at the Globes. She took home the trophy for Best Actress in a Musical or Comedy for 1993's Tina Turner biopic, What's Love Got to Do With It? Um, she said, I got to find my words. I'm so nervous. My heart is just beating. Bassett began taking the stage to accept the award. The late Toni Morrison said, your life is already a miracle of chance just waiting for you to order its destiny. But in order for that destiny to manifest, I think it requires courage to have faith. It requires patience, as we just heard. And it requires a true sense of yourself. It's not easy because the past is circuitous and it has many circuitous and it has many unexpected detours. But by the grace of God, I stand here. I stand here grateful. Um, she thanked her husband, Courtney B. Vance, her family, and her Marvel collaborators. Uh, Bassett, also, Bassett also acknowledged the death of um, Black Panther star Chadwick Boseman, who died of colon cancer in 2020. Boseman's death cast a shadow over the plot of Wakanda forever. Um, she said, we embarked on this journey together with love. We mourned, we loved, we healed. We were surrounded each and every day by the light and spirit of Chadwick Boseman. We have joy in knowing that with this historic Black Panther series, it is a part of his legacy that he helped to lead us. We showed the world what black unity, leadership, and love looks like behind and in front of the camera. To the Marvel fans, thank you for embracing these characters and showing us so much love. Mm. Um, and that's kind of what we talked about when we reviewed the movie, was they changed what they were going to do, obviously. They had to. Right. Um, but half the film, essentially, is a goodbye to Chadwick Boseman. You know? Yeah. So... Um, but glad to see that she, uh, that she won the award. Yeah. She deserves that one. And so very, very, very many more. Yeah, so. absolutely. <laughs> she killed it. She was one of the best ones on that movie. Mm. Next up, James Gunn confirms his and Peter Safran's planned DC slate covers eight to 10 years. And some of it will be announced next month per his Twitter. Um, we're just sitting here waiting guys <laughs> an, eight, an eight to ten year plan you figure they're probably going to once they get cranking they're probably going to drop two to three movies a year like Marvel yeah. does they just got to get so, there first so 24 to 30 films well they they said Superman's their priority because it's been too long without a proper Superman film and I'm I'm right there with you and there's something the thing I like about James is he's very vocal on Twitter about everything. There are rumors going around that 
they've already tapped somebody to play Superman, and there this is one uh, actor, and he said this is false. He goes, we haven't even written this. He goes, we're not even going to think about casting until the story is written, until we know what we want to do with the character. And he said, we have not even written the story. He said, no, that no one has been cast or talked to. I was like, thank you. Like I, I love. He's always been big on squashing rumors, yeah. so and realistic well, expectations. And that's just it, you know. You let the rumors fester, and then people have these unrealistic expectations. Mm-hmm. We we saw a bit of that with um, Spider Man, yeah. the last Spider Man that came out. People were guessing, "Oh, is this what we're going to see? Is that what?" And some of it just same thing with Doctor Strange. Yeah. And people, there were people that left disappointed. Yeah. Because they were expecting something based on a rumor. Uh, per Chris Hemsworth on Twitter, Extraction 2 will be launching this summer. Bring it uh, on. Don't know how you survive, I, but we're going to find out. <laughs> I haven't I haven't heard a lot from him since his uh, the show that he was doing. He found out that he's predisposed for Alzheimer's. It's not that he's just predisposed. He's... At an, like an enhanced risk for Alzheimer's. Like it's yeah. not saying if, but when at this point. And during that interview, which is great because like he's he's such like a real dude. Like he didn't that you know he could have cut all that out or anything like that. But it showed his reactions and his coming to terms with it and everything like that. And I just because I watched the clip of that, and he's a good dude. And yeah. that just sucks. It does. Um, I guess it make the one thing that's good about all of that is that he found out now early that he can kind of he can prepare right um, also is a scary studio. thing mm-hmm. yeah it, it really is um this next news story is very interesting especially for a studio like marvel mm-hmm. uh movie studios this comes from ign and carson burton um Movie studios can now be sued for deceptive trailers. A lawsuit surrounding the 2019 film yesterday may make deceptive trailers disappear. Um, According to Variety, U.S. District Judge Stephen Wilson ruled on Tuesday movie studios can be sued under false advertising laws if they release deceptive movie trailers. The case stems involved uh, the 2019 movie Yesterday, which stars Himesh Patel. As a man in a world without the Beatles. The trailer for yesterday included clips of actor Anna de Armas, famous for roles in Knives Out, The Gray Man, and Blonde. Two fans of the actor filed a lawsuit in January, alleging they had rented yesterday after seeing her in the trailer. However, once they saw the movie, they discovered de Armas was cut out of the final film. Mm. Originally, de Armas was indeed supposed to play a love interest for Patel's character in Yesterday. However, she was cut out of the film entirely because audiences didn't like the idea of Patel moving on from his primary love interest, played by Lily James. Previously, Universal tried to throw out the lawsuit. The studio argued movie trailers are entitled to protection under the First Amendment, claiming a trailer is an artistic, expressive work and should be considered as non-commercial speech. Wilson rejected the argument, saying a trailer is in fact commercial speech. Thus, trailers are subject to the California false advertising law and the state's unfair competition law. Um, This is interesting because Marvel will film stuff Mm -hmm. specifically for a trailer to get to kind of throw people off the scent of being able to determine what's going on. So, in theory, now somebody now that law specifically in the state of California 
so we'll use that. Somebody could, in the state of California, say, I went to see that movie because I thought that scene was going to be in the in the film, and it had me excited, and mm-hmm. I got there, and it wasn't, so they lied. Right. It's, it's tricky. <laughs> it's it's to me it's not a it's not a huge deal because it just means what they'll probably what Marvel's probably going to do is give us a lot less in the trailers. Yeah, um, which I think they should do anyways. Personally, yeah, and they'll probably cut the number of trailers back as mm-hmm. well. But uh, it's just such things like that happen. A trailer gets put together, and then near the end before the film gets released a focus group lets them know something like that like they didn't like that character in the movie so they cut the the film after trailers have already been put out Mm. there it it happens but these guys just took it to another level I wonder how much money you get from that (laughs) I mean they're out the rental fee so I wouldn't think yeah I wouldn't think a whole lot. It's not like their lives have been altered because her scene got cut from the movie. If she's not mad about it, they shouldn't be. Right. Uh, she's already gotten paid. She don't care. <laughs> right. I still, I still need to watch Blonde though. I haven't watched it yet. I don't think I've, I don't even know what that is. I'm gonna be honest with you here. It, it, she, so she played Marilyn Monroe okay. in a Net, the Netflix Netflix film Blonde. And that was controversial because she didn't replicate Monroe's voice. She kind of used her own voice. Hmm. Uh, and so some people had issue with that. But it's, I think it was the first Netflix project to get an NC-17 rating because of the nudity involved with Monroe's life. Yeah. I, Tyler's like, that's on the watch list. <laughs> And if you're watching the video right now of this on YouTube, you know that Tyler has has shared his screen because this last bit of news, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantum Mania has dropped a new trailer. This should be our last like big trailer before the movie because they usually do yeah. two and we go from there. I wonder if we'll get anything last minute because the film comes out the 16th or 17th of February. So yeah, we're, we're it, right comes out of, it comes out about a week, week and a half um, after the Super Bowl. Oh, what if we get a... Uh, so I think, honestly, throwing a prediction here, I think we get a Loki Season 2 trailer during the Super Bowl, and that will be our big Marvel film. That or Guards of the Galaxy 3, because we don't have anything from those yet, right? I'm good with that. So I think that because they always do a big, the uh, one year was Black Widow. Last year was oh, that was last year's Spider Man. Uh, Spider Man no. was because that was December. Multiverse or, of Madness. Multiverse of Madness is what it was. So they always have their big whatever comes out in May, is their big movie they show off. And I imagine Loki will be there because they should be done with filming or almost done filming yet. So Guardians I know they're done with. Cool. So. But here we go, Ant-Man the Wasp, Quantumania 2, or Trailer 2. Oh, Fury's, Fury's excited. You're an interesting man, Scott Lang. You're an Avenger. You have a daughter. 
But you've lost a lot of time. Like me. We can help each other with that. Much better trailer than the first one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In my opinion. (laughs) Yeah. And they so from that it looks like if he's not going to, he's willing to sacrifice himself to stop Kane. Mm Mm-hmm. We already know from the movies that they're bringing out after this. That's not gonna. Right. That's not gonna happen. But it it looks so good. Like the. It had me, and it even grabbed me even more when you see Kang curve-stomping Ant-Man's face mask. Like, that looks so good, like, just so ominous. Like, this dude just does not care. He he, he wants to kill you. And he's yeah. our next Thanos for the next, what, three or four years. Do you think that... Because, like, like I said, they've, they've sold it in the trailer like Scott Lang's going to essentially sacrifice himself mm. I think we get a character death but I think it's Wasp I I think it's either Wasp or Hank Pym yeah because I've been watching like a bunch of people talk about it break it down the trailer down they think the whole you know you run out of time because you they make you look like it's Ant-Man trying to get time back with Cassie from the snap but I think and from listening to other people bring this theory up that it's Hank Pym trying to get time back with Janet, his wife. Because, you know, they've been decades without each other. And that's what's all revolved around. It's not about Scott. Because Cassie, I mean, he's... There's just five years, and he's been hanging out with her anyways. So, I don't know. Could be misdirect. Could not be. I don't... I really... But Probably is. That's a theory I like. The whole trailer leads you to think it's Scott and Cassie. Even the point where... 
she says it's all my fault. Mm-hmm. Well, if you saw the if you saw the first trailer, you know what the thing that's her fault is opening the door and getting sucked the, in. Yeah, to the quantum realm. Right? Mm-hmm. So it's not I mean, losing the time with her father wouldn't have been her fault anyway, even if she had a guilty conscience about he's doing this because of me. Right. So that makes a lot of sense. I'm just excited because I mean, Modoc looks really good in this. They show two different versions yeah. of him. Um, the whole little World War World War Z ant kind of thing, where all the Scott Langs are crawling up together, trying to reach a point. So cool looking. It's this this trailer's got me sold on this movie. First trailer, not so much, but this one looks really good. Yep. All right, releases. I don't have any. No. First of the year. Yeah. One of those. <laughs> Chris, have you been playing any games over these past three weeks? I did, did you finally little... put down MLB the show? No, I'm still doing ah. some stuff, but yeah. I'm still doing just just a few things. I, I kind of I play one game each each night and mm. then move on to something else. I did get back into the quarry a little bit more. Uh, I've still got to finish it though. Um, and once I get done with it, I'll probably because that one's a much shorter experience. Yeah. Uh, so once I get finished with it and the time I've been putting into it, I'll put back into uh, Ragnarok. And... Oh, just one perfect games with that was. Uh, I've been playing a slew of video games. High on life. I know before we went on the break, I was starting it. Uh, it's okay. I've, I've kind of stopped playing it so much. I'll come back eventually, but it's not at my begin my aforementioned my brain here. Uh, Destiny, obviously, I play that all the time. I uh, played a new game called Gundam Evolution, which is a MOBA kind of, what's well, a 5v5 arena shooter, which it's very much like Overwatch and Overwatch 2, but it's just with the Gundams. It's very cool. I just, I love Gundam. So that's fun. Uh, Battlefield 2042. Me and my cousin jumped into that this past week where it came on Game Pass. And I was like, oh, you know, I've heard good things that they fixed a lot of things. And man, that game's got, got its hooks in me. It, if you want like a realistic army shooter instead of Call of Duty where it's like an arena shooter, this is the, this is the way to do it. It's fun. Uh, I also played Final Fantasy VII Remake. I'm still playing through it. Uh, Final Fantasy XVI comes out this year, and I've been putting this one on the back burner for a while. And it's got its hooks in me, so that's like my story game I'm playing right now. And then I played a game that I put on my list uh, for top game of 2022 with Cult of the Lamb, where that's a very roguelike game, and you are a lamb. You got you got killed in a sacrifice. The, the devil character brings you back to life, says, hey, you work for me now, make your own cult, but you have to take down the people that killed you. And so you recruit these animals, is what they are, because you're a lamb, and you can name these animals, create them, kind of personalities and stuff like that. So I've got a Chris in there, I've got my wife in there, I've got my dogs in there, it's just, and I think all your, and you can sacrifice your cult, you can do all sorts of different things, and it's it's very fun, and it was on sale, for like it's only $40 original, I got it for like 20 bucks. I've kind of put a pause on it because I'm going through playing some other games, but it, it's fun and not hard to get into. It's a nice little funny cheeky thing. It's, um, is the Chris character is it is it a jackass? Is it? No, I think I've got him working. Uh, 
either in the farm or harvesting wood because you get assigned tasks for them to do. Um, but like it, it's got me a sacrifice option on there yet. I'm like, I, I don't want to sacrifice anybody yet. <laughs> so, but everyone can grow old and die and things like that because it's you know going through a life cycle. But it's pretty cool. I, I recommend that game. Um, news here. I've got two things, really. Netflix's live adaptation of Assassin's Creed has lost its showrunner. I'm going to PCGamer.com by Andy Chalk. In October 2020, Netflix announced that they are teaming up with Ubisoft to make a live-action Assassin's Creed show. More than two years later, though, there's still no sign of it, and maybe a while yet, before the show sees the light of the day. As writer and showwriter Jeb Stewart recently told Collider, he's no longer involved. Stewart didn't say why he parted ways with Netflix on the show, but said that Collider's a suggestion that was related to a difference in vision and was fair. Quote, I think it was a little bit of a move of executives from LA to London, and it was allowed the and it allowed the London group, who unfortunately had to inherit my vision of what it was instead of getting to develop their own vision, Stewart said. So I think that's fair. I know it's going to be great whenever it comes out. I think the Ubisoft guys are fantastic. I think it's a terrific franchise, and it was just a good mutual time to move on for both sides. Give me this show already, all right? I mean, what are we doing here? Yeah. Like, we're three years since the announcement. Come on. Yeah, they're wasting time at this point. Yeah. It's... uh, God, I just... I don't want to get canceled, though, because, I mean, love love me some Assassin's Creed. You know what I mean? Love the Creed. Um, PlayStation Plus January titles are up. PlayStation 5 and PlayStation 4. Uh, you get Jedi Fallen Order and Axiom Verge 2, and for PlayStation 4 only, Fallout 76. Notable new releases this week, uh, Persona 3 Portable comes to uh, everything besides PlayStation, because that was originally for the PSP, is where this first game came out. Uh, but it's coming to everything for the first time uh, since then, and it's also coming on Game Pass Day 1, which this is this one, and Persona 4 Golden, which comes out both on January 19th. For, uh, Persona 4 Golden, I've actually got up here. Where is my Vita? It's like right here on the shelf. My behind my tent here. And I've played uh, Persona 4 Golden, just haven't beat it. And now I'm going to go through the franchise and beat 3 and beat 4. But these are 100-hour games. and So just be ready for the next couple of weeks. Tyler, what you playing? I'm still in Persona 3. <laughs> it's the one, the fourth. That's January 19th. Fire Emblem Engage, the new Fire Emblem game for Switch, comes out January 20th, and Monster Hunter Rise for everything but PC and Switch, January 20th as well. But ladies and gentlemen, that has been your first true form of Nerdwide Podcast. We are back, back how it should be. Of course, two episodes from now is our 100th episode, so we've got some things planned that I think I'm going to do, and we'll see then. Uh, But other than that, we are back on our... Same year, well, new year, but same show, same fun, and hopefully some good shows and films. But, but ladies and gentlemen, thank you all so much for listening and or watching. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Nerdwide Podcast. Don't forget to share it on all your favorite social media platforms and forget to rate and review this podcast at whatever podcasting service you use. Don't forget, we will start reviewing The Last of Us next week's episode, which we're going to watch it here in about 30 minutes. I can't freaking wait. Um, social media, you can follow NerdWide on Twitter at nerd underscore wide. You can follow myself personally at Ty underscore Haynes. You can follow Chris at MavTN7 on Facebook. If you're over on that side, go to Facebook.com. On that search bar, search bar, type in NerdWide Podcast, NerdWide.com, NerdWide. We're the first things that pop up. Follow us on either one of those social media platforms. And that is the first way you can know when an episode goes live if you are not subscribed on YouTube or uh 
podcasting service, which I highly suggest you do. But as always, this has been this week's episode of the NerdWide Podcast. And guys, we cannot wait to talk The Last of Us and The Pale Blue Eye with you next week. And we'll talk to you then. Thank you so much for watching.